If you hold yourself back professionally and you don't allow yourself to take these risks and you don't push yourself to do these scary things, the result that you get is the question mark. It's not real. It's not based on your true capabilities and you'll never know. You'll never know how things could have looked if you had stepped up for a moment and said, I'm going to quiet the voice and I'm just going to do this thing, even though there's a part of me that is really, really afraid. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well. We're getting really, really close to the start of season four, so keep your eyes peeled. That's coming. But today I wanted to release a bonus episode, and I wanted to share a story from my career that might be helpful to you. I've realized that I don't often share that many things about what I've experienced professionally. Honestly, sometimes I think like, oh, this show is not about me. It's about you. So I don't want to focus on myself. But there are things that I've been through that I realize could be really helpful to you and could help you see yourself differently and could help you see that if you are struggling to believe in yourself or you struggle with self-confidence or with questioning your ideas, that you can move through that and that it's possible to build confidence, it's possible to grow and to change. And just because you feel one way today doesn't mean that you'll be stuck there forever. And something that I think a lot about I think about this so much because it's been so close to my own experience. It's something that is so present for me professionally is this tension between being a high achiever and wanting to do big things and being wired to achieve big things and struggling with self-doubt and struggling with insecurity or fear of not being good enough or fear of being too weird or too awkward and that tension of wanting more and also struggling and holding oneself back has been huge for me. And I know it's something that many other women experience professionally. And I wanted to share a little bit about how in the past in my career, I've tried to tip the scales away from the self-doubt and towards the stronger more capable, more willing to believe I can do anything side of myself because the ability to do this is a skill. I believe that it's a skill that we can develop and cultivate and get better at just like we would get better at any other skill. And one of the most powerful things, if not the most powerful thing that you can begin to do is orient yourself toward feeling good about yourself without needing any input or any validation or anything from anyone around you. Just being able to go inward and say, I trust that I can do this. I believe that I have the ability to do this. 
And when you're able to do that, things can truly become limitless for you because it means that you can take on any challenge that comes your way. And even when the outside world is pushing against you and not supporting you, or even when things are going wrong, or even when it feels like things are falling apart, you can still show up with full belief that you have the raw ability to manage that situation successfully. And I wanted to share with you a little bit about how I anchor on a vision of my fuller potential and what I know that I'm capable of to help get past some of the crap and the self-doubt that just tries to get in my way. And I wanted to share a story from the very, very, very beginning of my career. And we talk a lot on this show about imposter syndrome and feeling like you don't fit in. And it's something I think that we all deal with. It is a very universal feeling. And I think there's a particular variety of it that we experience as women. And I also think that there's a particular variety of it that I experienced that you may or may not have experienced depending on your career path, but that I experienced because I made a pretty big shift earlier in my career and I pivoted away from my original career path, which was clearly presenting itself as not something that was a match for me, not something that I wanted to do, and into a new career path that I felt much more excited about and that I really wanted to pursue But that pivot raised a ton of fear and doubt because I came into a new path with not really much training or background in that area. So I thought that I wanted to be a lawyer for many reasons, and I won't go into all of them. But as I got towards the end of law school, I realized that I didn't want to be a lawyer and I didn't want to practice law. And it was very clear to me. There was no there was no doubt around that. There was nothing about that work that felt like a match for me, which is not to say that it's not a match for other people. But you know that feeling when you try something and everything in your body is saying, this is not for me? It was that feeling. It was crystal clear. And that's a gift in of itself, right? We're always wanting to know what our path is, what our destiny is. So in some ways, my ability to see how much of a mismatch it was was a gift because it brought me closer to what my true match is and it brought me one step closer to what I really want to be doing. So as I was in law school and as all of my classmates were essentially preparing for their careers at a law firm, I was going into my final year of school (laughs) trying to figure out what I was going to do with my career because I didn't want to do that. And that was the career path. And I learned about this thing called management consulting. And as soon as I learned about it, it was like it was like those scenes in the movie where there's like the ha and the person realizes something and they're like so in love. I was drawn to it as soon as I found out what it was. I wanted to do it and I knew that I wanted to do it and I felt so excited by the opportunity to do it. Now, the problem is most management consulting firms do not really hire people who do not have a business background. At the level that I was with a graduate degree, you needed a graduate degree in business in order to interview for these roles. And there was only one 
management consulting firm that interviewed people with non-business degrees. And it happened to be one of the top management consulting firms in the world and one of the hardest ones to get into. And it was my only option. It was the only one that would interview. So ironically, it was one of the choosiest firms that was actually open to non-business degrees. And so I knew that I wanted this. And it was really, really scary in a way Because first of all, I had loans from law school and they were massive and I needed to land a high paying job if only to have enough income to start repaying my loans. But number two, this was the career path that I wanted, that I was interested in. And this was my one chance to go for it because there was only one firm that would interview me. So it's sort of like if you're applying to jobs And instead of being able to apply a bunch of places, you can only apply to one place and you only have one shot at it. And that's a lot of pressure. And it was a lot of pressure. And to add on to the pressure, the interview process was very rigorous and intense. And in order to even qualify for an interview, you first had to take a timed written multiple choice test. And the results of that test would determine whether I would be invited in for an interview. And then I'd go through multiple rounds of interviews where I would have to solve business cases live in front of partners and do math in my head quickly in front of partners and diagram out strategy, business strategy in front of partners. And these things were not only high pressure, but I had zero business background. I had been in law school for all those years And about 90% of the people that were interviewing for the same position that I was now interviewing for had gone to business school and spent that time in school, all of that time preparing for these interviews. So there were actually clubs in business school where they practice for these intense interviews where you solve a business case in front of employees and partners of the management consulting firm. And when I found out that I had passed that written test and qualified for an interview, I had about two weeks to prepare for this interview process where I had not had the background in education that the people who were also in that pipeline had, and I had not spent the years actually practicing for this format of interview. So I had two weeks And as that realization sunk in, and as I kind of felt a little bit of the initial pressure around that, I realized that I was only going to be able to be successful if I could manage my own mind and if I could stay with the uncertainty of the situation and stay with the intensity of the situation and not let it scare me and not let it overwhelm me. And I paused as I was in that process and figured out what I could do to help myself through that and to really take that conflict that I was talking about, the conflict between being ambitious and knowing that you're capable of a lot and having a lot of self-doubt, how I could tip that in the direction that would help me not sink into the overwhelm and the challenge of the situation. And 
I'm also someone who one of the reasons that I started this show is I am someone who gets very, very nervous in high pressure situations. I am not someone who has been naturally calm throughout my life. I'm someone who worries a lot and I've learned over time how to manage that. But these types of high pressure situations have always been very trying for me. So I knew that there were a lot of factors poking and prodding at my mindset and kind of just like almost challenging me to say like, when are you going to fall? Like, when are you going to crumble? When is this going to become overwhelming? When is this going to become too much for you? And when are you going to throw your hands in the air and give up? And I knew because it was such a tight time frame, it was just a couple of weeks that I had before I'd have my first round of interviews, I almost looked at that as a challenge of how can I get myself in the best possible headspace for this? And I asked myself a question that has become a really powerful question in my own career and that I've used over and over and over again and that you can use too if you're trying to grow and develop. But the question that I asked myself is what must I prove to myself that I can do now so that when I'm in the role, I know that I belong there? So in other words, I asked myself how I could take these two weeks and this sprint that I was in and be up for the challenge and face it in such a way that when I got there on day one, I know that I'm able to handle difficult situations. I know that I'm able to be in intense pressure. I know that I'm able to stretch myself professionally and intellectually beyond where I am under difficult conditions. How can I show up now in this process of preparation so that if and when I am successful, if and when I get to where I want to be, I know that I have what it takes because I showed up for the challenge and I didn't allow my self-doubt to get in the way. And I proved to myself that things could be incredibly difficult and that I could still show up for them. And that question can be really, really powerful. If you are someone who wants to advance in your career and you want more, you want more seniority, you want to rise up, The process and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to do in my solo episodes for season four is going to be about that process. It's going to be about that process of taking matters into your own hands and being proactive about pursuing a promotion. And that process is scary. And it's something that if you have ever struggled with confidence or anything along those lines that will be difficult and it will feel hard and it will feel scary and it will feel like a risk. But the ability and the willingness to move through those risks and actually go through all of those difficult things, even though you're feeling so challenged and even though you're feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. This is so hard for me. When you prove to yourself that in those moments, you're able to tip the skills away from self-doubt and into the strongest version of yourself, you'll know when you finally get that role and you're sitting in that position, you'll know that you have what it takes to succeed in that position because you've done it before. You've showed up before. You've had the fear come in before 
and you didn't let it overtake you. You anchored onto the belief that you do have something to offer. And while you were experiencing self-doubt, you didn't let it become all-consuming. You chose to move forward anyway, even if the forward motion was challenging and difficult and risky and hard. And then when you get into that new role and the imposter syndrome starts popping up again, you can look back at what you've already done, the hard things you already have moved through, and you have evidence. You have evidence that you have cultivated that skill of tipping the scales, of pivoting your mindset, and really being able to anchor into your potential and what you know you're capable of doing, even when you're feeling afraid and even when you're being asked to do something that is at the edge of what you are capable of and that is requiring you to step far outside of your comfort zone. So this idea of showing up and building evidence so that our future selves are confident in what they can handle, it's like giving yourself a gift. And when I think about giving ourselves a gift, what I think about next is loving ourselves, right? Almost all of these mindset challenges for me come back to self-love. And one of the most loving things that you can do for yourself is invest in and care for the future version of yourself. And the way that you set up the future version of yourself to feel calm, to feel confident, to feel grounded, to feel strong, the way you set her up to know that she is so solid in her ability to handle whatever comes her way is by showing up now when shit gets really, really hard and when you're like, I don't want to do this. You show up in that moment and then future you looks back and says, holy cow, I did that. I did that. If I did that, then I can definitely do this. And I'm sharing this story with you for you to know that we all struggle and we all have the option to choose what we do with that struggle. It's not about whether it's hard or easy. It's about what you decide to do. And when I think about giving a gift to my future self, That is so motivating to me because when I'm pushing myself through something difficult and when I was pushing myself through that scary interview process where there was so much pressure and so little time, I couldn't push myself from a place of self-hatred. That would not be sustainable. That would just add into the stew of negative emotions. I had to push myself from a positive place. I had to push myself from a place of wanting to give a gift to myself and to show myself that when things felt crazy and wild and out of my control, that I was just going to go with the flow. I was going to ride those waves and hold on to trust that I was going to be able to handle whatever came up in the moment. And part of the reason that I wanted to give myself that gift and that I had that thought process and I approached it that way was because I wanted this job so, so badly. And I knew that going down this career path and making this pivot and going in this new direction 
was going to require a lot of me. And it was going to be difficult and it was going to not be easy. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could handle that role and that I could handle that job. And I knew I would never truly get the chance to prove that to myself if I didn't give my all to this interview process and if I didn't truly do everything in my power to shut down the fear and the self-criticism and allow myself to believe that I might be good enough, I might be smart enough to weather through this process. And this is important because when we allow self-doubt and fear to change our behavior, we are not getting a clear picture of what our full potential actually is. In order for us to understand what we're capable of, we have to be using everything we've got. And if we're not using everything we've got, then what we're doing is just a half-baked, shrunken version of what's truly possible for us. And for me, the idea of not getting the job offer, not because I didn't have the raw capability, but because I sabotaged myself and because I couldn't get out of the self-criticism, that idea was one that I didn't want to have to sit with. I wanted to know that if the answer was no, it was no because I tried and I couldn't do it. I didn't want the answer to be no because I didn't try, because that's not a real no. That would have been a question mark, right? It would have been a no because I let fear and insecurity impact how I delivered. And so that no wasn't going to be a no to me and my true capabilities. It was a perceived no because I wouldn't have shown everything that I have to offer. And so I never would have truly known if my actual talents and capabilities were good enough. And that idea was enough for me to push past the pull that I was feeling of this is too much, this is so hard, and to show up and give it everything I had, even though that felt hard and new and scary. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because when it comes to career advancement and when it comes to your career and your professional life and your potential, there are really two routes that you can take. There's the route where you give it your all and you actually show up and you actually do the difficult things and you actually see what outcome you get when you show up and do the more difficult things or you can give in to not wanting to do the difficult things and to being afraid and to letting your fear dictate your decisions, which means that if you do that, the answer that you get, the result that you get is not the true result that's based on your full capabilities. If you hold yourself back professionally and you don't allow yourself to take these risks and you don't push yourself to do these scary things, the result that you get is the question mark. It's not real. It's not based on your true capabilities. And you'll never know. You'll never know how things could have looked if you had stepped up for a moment 
and said, I'm going to quiet the voice and I'm just going to do this thing, even though there's a part of me that is really, really afraid. You'll never know what would have happened in that scenario. And you'll never know what the extent of your full capabilities are. And you'll never know what your full capabilities will accomplish because you didn't allow them to come out. You didn't allow them to be set free. You didn't allow them to come out of the cage of self-doubt and allow themselves to be seen because you held yourself back and you took less action because you were afraid. When it comes to your career, both in your day-to-day job and how you work on things and in your process of taking control of your career and advocating for yourself and pursuing advancement in your organization or outside of it, when it comes to all of that, you are constantly, every day, making decisions about what you will and won't do. And those decisions that you're making about what you will and won't do may be influenced by fear. As you make each decision, there may be a riskier decision that has greater potential to reward you, and there may be a less risky, safer decision that feels easier but will not get you closer to where you want and does not reflect the fullest expression of your true potential. And it is such a shame when you lose out on those opportunities that you wanted and that reflect your full potential, not because you've quote-unquote failed, but because you will never know what could have happened if you allowed yourself to believe that you are capable of more than you think and that you can do difficult things. I'm going to be talking more and more in season four about advancement and about pushing yourself forward. And what I want you to really anchor into is the idea that fear and hesitation and self-doubt and thoughts of like, I don't want to do this. This is too scary. I'm not good enough. This is not for me. All of those things are real. They're legitimate. They're hard. But they're also choices. Every time those come up, it's as if you're hiking on a trail and you know when you're hiking and you get to those points on the hike where there's a sign and it says like, oh, turn right, 0.7 mile hike, turn left, 0.3 mile hike, go straight, lake. As you're moving through your career, as you're thinking about your career advancement, as you're listening to these podcast episodes, every time a fearful thought comes up that says, don't do this, this is too scary, every time that comes up at work, Every time that comes up during your day, it is if you're hiking and you're passing by a sign and every time you listen to those thoughts, you're choosing a route on the hiking trail, right? And whenever I'm hiking and whenever I see those signs, (laughs) I always get really paranoid. I get really paranoid because I think, oh my gosh, like I want to get the best trail, right? I want to hike the best trail and I can't do both. I have to turn right or left. What if I turn left and it's the boring trail and what if the right was better? I get so flustered. I'm an optimizer, not a satisfizer. Side note, but I always want to choose the best trail, right? And I don't know. And the thought of not hiking the best trail is stressful to me. I want to have the best possible experience. And in your career, you will pass by hiking trails. And I can tell you, I can tell you that the signs on the hiking trail of your career that say, 
do the scary thing, have the conversation, speak up, share your opinion, initiate the project, ask for the promotion, ask for the raise, ask for the money, negotiate the salary. The signs that say those kinds of things and that feel scary are the ones that are leading you to the optimal hike. That is how you know that you didn't miss the good stuff. It's the signs that say things like that and that also make you feel afraid. That is the best path. And when you feel fear and when you see those signs and you have those choice points of do I go left or do I go right, if you avoid the scary signs, you will never know how the hike could have been. You will not get a chance to make that decision again, which is not to say that you're a failure, Because on this particular hike, as you keep going, there will be another sign and another sign and another sign. So you will have those options. But at some point, you're going to have to bite the bullet and follow the scary sign. Every time the sign presents itself, it will feel scary. And if you want to get on that more exciting path or you just even want to know where that path leads, at some point you're going to have to follow the scary sign. And the story that I shared was the first time ever in my career that I followed a scary sign. And it was really, really scary, but I couldn't stand the thought of taking the easy sign and not knowing what could have been. And now, whenever I'm struggling or doubting myself, I can hold on to the knowledge of how I was able to follow the scary sign and how I did it and how I showed up, even though it was very, very challenging in the moment and even though it would have felt safer and easier to succumb to self-doubt and to self-sabotage and not give it everything that I had in the moment and not deliver at my true potential. Because it keeps us safe. It keeps us from truly failing when we give in to self-doubt because we never have to know what it would have been like to try and fail. But for me, it's become so worth it to take the risk of failing because the satisfaction of growing and becoming stronger and more resilient is so incredibly satisfying. And that's what I want for you. And As you take the scarier signs, as I take the scarier signs, it's not always going to work out perfectly well. There are going to be times where you show up and give it your all and it doesn't work out. But there will also be times where you show up and give it your all and you follow the scary sign and it works out better than you could have ever imagined. I went from being in law school and being so confused about my career path and being afraid that I wouldn't be able to pay off my loans and that I would run out of funds and I would struggle financially and I'd be unhappy professionally to landing a job that altered the future of my career and literally changed everything. And it was those tiny moments where fear and self-doubt came up and said, you can't do this. And I said, no, I will try. That accumulated over and over through those two weeks and through the process of that, that enabled me to get there. And I am no different from you. I struggle. I'm very flawed. I'm doing my best. Self-confidence is something that I will be working on for the rest of my life. I think just like all of us. 
what distinguishes people in my mind who do really well and who overperform and who are able to get to that place of truly delivering everything that they have to offer is that they're willing to suspend self-doubt and suspend their skepticism and allow themselves to believe in a greater version of themselves than the version that they are feeling in the moments of self-doubt. And they're able to anchor onto that and move past these challenges as opposed to giving up. And this is what I want for you. I want you to be in pursuit of whatever it is you want. The end goal, the thing that you want, the thing that lights you up, the thing that's exciting, that's all up to you. You get to decide and it is whatever it is and you shouldn't shrink it and you shouldn't deny that you want it. You should unabashedly declare what your goal is, what your dream job is, what promotion you'd like, how much money you'd like to make. You should declare those things without any sort of reservation and allow yourself to be excited by them and then commit to showing up for yourself and to doing the hard things in the moment moment to moment to moment as a gift to future you so that you can know what the harder but more interesting hike is so that you don't have to take the other path wondering, I wonder how this would have turned out if I had just tried to really show up the way that I know deep down inside I am able to. I'm so excited for what's next for you and If you do know what's next or if you've been thinking about that, please feel free to share it with me. Um, One place where conversations are starting to happen more and more is in the Facebook group. That's been really fun. Join the Facebook group because I've started doing free career mentorship sessions, especially now during COVID. There's a lot of downtime, so I figured it was a really good way to get to know some of you. And I'll usually post those in the Facebook group because it's the fastest way to reach people. So I'm going to be sharing other goodies and fun things in there. So definitely join the Facebook group. And I also wanted to share something that I created for you as a thank you to all of the listeners who have left a rating or a review for the show. I wanted to make something for you that I could share as a thank you, as a gift. And as I was thinking of what that gift would be or what I would want it to be, I really wanted it to be something that I knew would be useful and that I knew would be valuable and that I knew would help you. And I thought about times in my career where I have struggled and particularly times where I felt very overwhelmed. And my career has been very cyclical in that I have tended to alternate in my career between very overwhelming situations and then feeling very, very confident. And it's been cyclical because as I've built confidence, then I've pursued a more challenging role. And so then it's become difficult again. And then I master that and et cetera. And in the times in my career where I've been in those difficult phases, one thing that has always been a challenge for me is the morning, the mornings before work, especially during very busy times, very chaotic times, I would find my thoughts racing on the way to work and I would find that worry and anxiety would start to build before the day had even started. And my mind would already be like off 100 miles per hour thinking about how the day was going to go. And that was not helping (laughs) at all. Like all of those crazy racing, super fast thoughts, predicting how things were going to be when I really had no way of knowing were making me feel worse. And I got to a point in my career where 
I wanted to take control of my mornings and I wanted to do what I could to feel grounded and to go into the day with the best possible mindset and to really try to calm and bring stillness to the overwhelm and to the monkey mind. And so what I would do is I noticed that as soon as I would sit at my desk for the day, like I would feel a surge of like, okay, like here we go. And I'd almost be in like stress mode just by sitting at my desk. And I would come to work early and I would force myself to sit at my desk and try to feel a sense of peace and try to see if I could sit down and just chill for a minute and get my head in a better space. And I would do this by journaling. And I would journal on how I was feeling, and I would journal on my expectations for the day, and I would force myself to journal on how things could potentially unfold positively. I would force myself to engage with the question of what could happen today that would actually be good. And I found that exercise so incredibly helpful in reframing my thinking for the day and helping me be self-aware of where I was making the overwhelm worse by the way that I was thinking about it and by my failure to manage my own thoughts and my own mindset. And this journaling really helped me take control and it really helped me feel more grounded and more confident in my ability to handle the day. Because we can't always control everything around us, but we can turn inwards and control how we're going to approach the situation. And that is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And it's been very useful for me. So what I created was based on that. I took the journaling prompts that I would answer for myself and I created a PDF that you could use in case you are experiencing overwhelm or your days feel really crazy or you have a hard time getting into a positive headspace before the workday starts. If any of those things are things that you experience, I created a PDF of these journaling prompts that you could either print out and, you know, write on the printout and you can print it out as many times as you want because it was a daily thing that I did. Or if you don't have access to a printer or you prefer journaling in your journal, you can just use the questions and the prompts. And so I created this as a thank you for anyone who has or who decides to leave a rating or a review for the show. And all you have to do is just send me an email my email is jessica at theartofspeakingup.com. And just let me know that you've left a review or a rating for the show. You don't even have to send it to me. I want you to just leave whatever you want and not have the pressure of like, oh, I'm going to see it. So it's really up to you. But just make sure that I know so that I can get this to you. And I hope it helps you. I would love to hear if you do use it, if you find it helpful, because journaling and writing, especially physically writing with a pen and paper, is very, very powerful. It's like it's an insanely powerful tool that I think I actually don't use as much as I could. I don't know why, but wow, it just can really help me see what I'm thinking. And it can illuminate what's going on in my head in ways that I can't do unless I'm actually writing it out on paper. So I would love to share that with you. Send me an email if you have had a chance to leave a rating or a review for the show in Apple Podcasts. Again, my email is jessica at theartofspeakingup.com. Join the Facebook group. I'll put all this information in the show notes so you have the details. And I hope you're doing well. This episode, I guess, was kind of like a big push, a big push for you to really think Think about whether you're at your full level of capability and a big push for you to think about whether your tolerance for difficult or uncertain or uncomfortable situations 
could be stretched. And I know it's not the most fun thing, right? It's not the most fun thing to go in eyes wide open knowing something's going to be hard. It's not fun at all. But it's sort of like going to the dentist in that it's not the best experience, but you feel better after and you're like, oh, I should have done that sooner. And by the way, one thing that I will tell you, based on my experience for all of these professional situations, all of these scary professional situations where you show up and do the scary thing, it is always so much less scary in real life than I made it in my mind. And the only way to ever know that is to stop avoiding it. You'll never know how much scarier your mind was making it than it actually is if you don't actually experience it. And once you do, you may find yourself thinking, whoa, I could have done that sooner. Should have gone to the dentist sooner. So anyway, I hope this helps. Let me know how you're doing. Please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me in the Facebook group. Um, You can DM me on Instagram. I'll put everything in the show notes. Have an amazing week. Hope you're doing well. And I'll catch you in a couple of weeks for season four. Okay, bye.